Welcome to the Hope City Church Podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. Anyway, uh, I'm happy to be here this morning, and uh, I hope that I've got something that uh, that your heart receives, and um, I want to give it up for our worship team this morning. Put your hands together for our worship team. Uh, it was prayed uh, in our pre-service prayer that the worship would be anointed this morning, and uh, did you get a sense that it was? Did you feel the Lord's presence here this morning? Um, well, if you, if you weren't sure what that was, and your, your heart was kind of twinging, or your belly was kind of burning, that's the presence of God, His Holy Spirit here with us. And um, it's pretty awesome, isn't it? Yeah. So, that actually happens to be the the uh, topic of my talk this morning, the presence of God. And um, I was very fortunate as a young boy growing up to have the opportunity to be, uh, to be um, exposed to really uh, special, powerful times of God's presence in through worship, through prayer, through even preaching and through youth activities, just, just through all sorts of things, and I consider myself very fortunate to have experienced that. Um, how many of you guys remember Sunday night church, those of you that are old enough, right? We had church two times on Sunday. We go in the morning, and then maybe we go to someone's, someone's place for lunch, come back. Uh, I think when I was younger, it didn't really feel like a day of rest. It was a lot of hard work. Uh, but those of you that remember those, you may remember the evening services to maybe uh, incorporate a little bit more of that sort of lingering and just soaking in God's presence. And I'd be under the chairs, like laying down, having a bit of a snooze. I didn't really even know what was going on, maybe. But I do know that it was a really special place to be and a place that uh, God has um, drawn me to want to be uh, in as much as I can. And worship often brings us there, does it not? And uh, this morning was, was a perfect example. And uh, we're just blessed to, to have those encounters with the Lord on a regular basis here. And um, as Sarah prayed, I think we can expect more of that in, uh, in the season to come. And I'm looking forward to that. So, um, yeah, the, God's presence or his spirit or as maybe we sometimes uh, call it the anointing, is uh, what we were created for. We were created to behold him. We were created to be in communion with the Lord. And so it only makes sense that we love being there and that we feel safe. You know, where the, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Freedom from all the stuff that may be weighing you down from week to week. And uh, so I think it's, it should be our hope and our desire to spend as much time there as we can. And uh, this, is, this is what the presence of God or the anointing of the Holy Spirit has kind of been revealed to me uh, personally uh, over the years, but maybe in a more tangible way here this week as a, and the past couple of weeks as I've been preparing for this. So we know that in Acts 2, Pentecost, Pentecost, when Jesus ascended, the Holy Spirit was left here with us. And uh, what, a, what an amazing gift Jesus left with us and, and God himself to be here present with us on a daily basis, to be able to call upon whenever we need to experience it. And Jesus himself was called the Anointed One. 
So there's something special about the term anointing. And um, the term anoint means to smear or rub oil. And there's, there's many different usages of the term anoint in Scripture. And uh, the anointing of oil is used for grooming. Oh, and uh, when we were when they were uh, fasting and praying, they were to anoint them their heads uh, for grooming. It was for refreshment. Uh, when Mary um, poured oil on Jesus' feet, uh, medicinal treatments. Uh, the uh, good Samaritan bound up uh, the Samaritan's wounds with oil and bandages. And for burial traditions, we also know that Mary anointed Jesus' body, prepared for burial, right? So in the Old Testament, there's a lot of um, usages of the word anoint. Kings were anointed um, in their special um, sacred ceremonies that included the token applying of oil. So anointing was maybe a symbolic term that, uh, and I'm going to see where this uh, definition is. I really, I really like the way it was spoken here. Let me see if I can find this. Um, I've got so many notes here, seriously. I'm hoping I can figure this out. Yeah, kings, priests, and prophets were anointed outwardly with oil to symbolize a more profound spiritual reality. That God's presence was with them and his favor was upon them. So kings were anointed, and they were set apart for their special purpose, the purpose that God had for their lives. Um, I've often been really enamored by uh, the Levites. Uh, Levi was the third son of Jacob and Leah, and we know that the Levites, um, they were the unique inheritance of God. Uh, when they were going to cross into the promised land, all the 12 tribes of Israel were, there, a number of them were given inheritance of land. Uh, the focus, uh, the Levites weren't given land. Um, it says here, he was the unique inheritance to lead. God was their inheritance. He was the focus of their service, the source of their sustenance, and the significance of their calling. Their inheritance included some cities, but also daily food from the offerings. They would go to the Levites, but constant vocation toward God. Um, whereas some of the other tribes were given land, they were given, God was their inheritance. And I've often related to that because the Levites were musicians, gatekeepers, guardians, temple officials, judges, and craftsmen. I like to build things. Uh, I'm a musician. And so, for me, the Levites, I've always been enamored by them. And it's interesting to note that um, originally the firstborn sons were to have been the priests of the Jewish nation who would serve in the tabernacle in the temple and be the spiritual leaders. When God spared the Jewish firstborn during the plague of the firstborn in Egypt, he acquired them and designated them for the special role. But... Um, when the nation of Israel was all worshiping the golden calf, the Levites were the only ones. The only ones to abstain and participating in the shameful act. At that time, the firstborn lost their spiritual status and it was transferred to the Levites. 
The Levites were responsible for carrying the ark, carrying the presence of the Lord. When the nation of Israel would would uh, transport wherever they were going, the Levites were carrying the Ark of the Covenant, which resembles God's presence. And so they, they had a special role. And uh, when I think about that, um, they weren't given great wealth, but they were given God's presence. And so they were anointed. They were anointed tribe in Israel. Um... We've often heard Pastor, Pastor Jenny and Jake say that, that um, we're anticipating the next season here at Hope City. We even heard it here this morning. God's, God's already doing special things. We felt his presence and his spirit here this morning. And it's such a wonderful place to be. And we've often said, as Moses did, that if your presence doesn't go with us, do not send us from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us, Lord? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? So God changed his mind. He said, okay, I'll go with you. Because he, he was starting to get a little ticked with the nation of Israel. And he's like, you know what? I've given these people so many chances. I just don't know if I can do it. <laughs> and so Moses changed his mind. And God said, I will go with you. And that sort of hit home to me. How, how, are, how is the world going to know that you and I are different from them? How are they going to know? You know what? The world is charitable. The world is kind for the most part, right? There's philanthropic people that give lots of money to charity, to the poor that help homeless people. And those are all wonderful things and things that Jesus has commanded us to do. But it's the presence of God that is going to make the difference. We can, we can say and, and do all the right things, and you know what? We've got to be obedient to the Lord's leading and his, and his spirit, but it's only because of him. It's only because of his presence and his spirit that is going to change the world and so, I just want to challenge you, Hope City, that in order for us to be successful doing that, we have to live a life of consecration, prayer and fasting, so that we can maintain the presence of God in our lives. You know, the world is, is working overtime to squeeze God and to squeeze Jesus out of all of our lives. And it's going to take... Um, a real determination on our parts to continue to live those lives of consecration. You know, wake up daily and, and as Pastor Jenny exhorted us to do, be thankful. I was overwhelmed with Thanksgiving here this morning just... Why am I here? Looking around at all the other prayer warriors... God, you're, great. you're gracious and you're merciful. And I'm only here because of you. What makes me special? And I was just so thankful to know that God has me in his hands. He's got my family in his hands. He's proven himself faithful to me over and over and over. 
And so it, it struck me quite poignantly this morning that I have an opportunity to, to talk about wh- who God is to me and what his spirit means to me this morning. And I thought, why am I so fortunate, God, that you would choose me? And so Hope City Church, I just want to challenge you that God wants to see everyone saved. And so as we move forward in our anointing, you know, when we accepted Jesus, the anointed one, we are anointed. We're anointed to take God's presence with us, to minister to those that we meet, and we just have to rely on his leading. We have to rely on him giving us the words to say, giving us the ideas, giving us the spontaneity to do whatever he calls us to do. And we will get that unction. We will get that leading if we are spending time with the Lord, uh, longing to hear his voice, longing to spend time with him in his presence, to be anointed. And so I just want to encourage you, Hope City, that this is the next season, and we've got to go only with the desperation of knowing that we can only do it with God's presence. We can run all the most fantastic programs in the world, but unless God's presence is here, unless we are anointed, and the anointing is his purpose for us, for this church, for our ministries, for the kids, for the worship, for the preaching of the word, for next gen. That's his purpose. So we embrace your anointing, Lord. We desire to consecrate ourselves for your purposes, Lord Jesus. We thank you that you gave your life for us so that we could be anointed with the ability to share your love to others, Lord. And Father, I just pray that we would, that our service would be pleasing to you, Lord Jesus. And Father, that your presence and your spirit would be a part of everything we do. And Lord, I just pray for each one here, Father, that your anointing would rest on them. Father, that we would find the determination to consecrate ourselves daily in your word and in prayer. And Lord, we expect to hear your voice. Father, help us to be obedient in those things and the calling and the purpose that you have for each one of us, Lord Jesus. We are anticipating amazing things, Lord. We want to be in your presence. We want to um, commune with you. We want to behold you, Father. And so we commit to doing that. And I just pray that Hope City, that would be our, our purpose and our desire, that each one of you would share in that determination, Father. And I just come against the enemy as he would endeavor to oppress the things that you would do in this house, Father, and in the hearts and, and minds of your people. And Lord, that uh, the things that would endeavor to sidetrack us from your purposes, Lord, as we enter into a new season, Lord, that we would be focused in your direction. And Father, that your presence and your spirit and your anointing would be eminent in all, in each one of us, Lord Jesus. We thank you for your spirit that you left with us, Father, to be our counsel, our advocate, our guide. And Lord, we have, and we pray for open ears to hear your voice, Lord Jesus. We long to be in your presence, spending time with you, Father. We love you, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.
it's always a powerful thought when you talk and you think about what separates us from the world. You know, the, it was a great thought, it was a great point you made how the world does all those things that the Lord has told us to do. The world does those things. And truthfully, sometimes the world does those things better than believers do, which is sad. But then going on and saying, you know, it's not just those things that's going to separate us, but the anointing and the presence of God that breaks the yoke of bondages. Chad, thank you so much. That was so wonderful. It's going to be on the podcast tomorrow, so you guys need to go and listen to it and tell your friends to listen to it. Life-changing words, transformational. Uh, Jacob, young Jacob, he's even got his glasses on. I got to read. To look more studious. Well, yes, my, my reading glasses. <laughs> You're not that old. Come on, man. Oh, okay. Just when I read. Okay, I believe you. It's great. This is going to be a... You just be... Yeah. You, you don't have Thank to... You. you don't have to, like, make... It's, it's good. It's, I'm just joking with you. Jacob has a heart and passion for the things of God, and um, more than any person I've talked to, Jacob is keenly aware of the presence and the weight of, of sharing the good news of Jesus about... Uh, being a steward of his presence and wanting to adequately and accurately portray who God is. And so I'm excited for Jacob to come and share with us. So continue to keep your hearts open and get ready to receive all God has for you. Wow. Thank you. And yes, just to reiterate what, what Chad said and what Pastor Jake said about your word that just amazing. It's it's so true. The spirit of the Lord, when it goes with us, look out. Look out. God is going to do amazing and wonderful things. And it's actually kind of interesting. I love how the Lord works because what you were saying by the power of the Holy Spirit it coincides exactly with what I'm going to say. So this is, this is awesome. I'm getting more excited um, as I come up here. And uh, if you guys have your Bibles or a biblical device, I would like you to turn with me or scroll with me. We used to say turn with me. Now we're saying scroll with me. <laughs> Times are changing. But God is the same. Amen? All right. Go to Matthew chapter 28, verses, let's see here, uh, 18. Matthew chapter 28, verses 18. Get my notes up. Is somebody there already? You guys have that? Awesome. I think it's uh, up on the screen as well. It says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given unto me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I know it keeps going there, but I'm just going to stop at that point there. I'm going to also read Mark chapter 16, verse 15. I'm just going to read it. It says, I think it should be up on the screen as well. It says this, and then he told them to go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. So as you know, these, as some of you probably already know, these are some of Jesus' last words that we have recorded in Matthew's and Mark's gospel. 
These are important things, and I believe that we as Christians should remind ourselves and go back to the scriptures, but especially with what Jesus is saying here, because Jesus came and he started a work. He started something. And so if our Lord and Savior started something, he is calling us right here. He's commanding us, go and do these things. Go into all the world, all the nations. Go into your family. Go into your workplace, okay? So the title of my message is The Christian's Duty. This is what God has been speaking to me. Um, it, you know, when we think of like, you know, well, younger people would think of like call of duty, which is a game, but it's, the saying is true. We have a call of duty as Christians. It's not just for the pastors. It's not just for the worship leaders. It's not just for people who give regularly, who come to church regularly. It is for all Christians. No Christian is any greater than other Christian. Only Christ is the best Christian. Okay. Christ came because he lived the perfect life. We cannot live the perfect life as a Christian. That's why Jesus had to come. But he, he called us and he's equipped us with certain gifts to continue the work that Christ has started. So I want you to remember with the first point, Christ started a work. He started something. Okay, that's my first point. He started something. And I want you to please remember, it's not just for people who you think are better Christians, every Christian, young and old, middle-aged, whatever. It doesn't matter. If you, if, you know, I, I even feel like if you are somehow disabled or if you feel like you're not equipped enough or if you feel like you don't have a voice or if you feel like, you know, I, I can't get up and speak in front of people or I can't lead worship, I can't sing to save my life. I legit can't sing to save my life. But I'm still going to worship the Lord because that's what we're called to do as Christians. We are all called. Nobody is left out. Jesus came for all people. He wanted to give the Holy Spirit to every person because he loves every single one of you in this building now and outside of this building. Amen? I want to talk about this too. Sometimes I used to think that uh, I wasn't equipped enough or I wasn't, um, I didn't have the gifts or the talents or the abilities to uh, walk this Christian life well. But I know that God has given me and you and every Christian on this earth the same rights, the same principles, the same powers, the same authority for every single Christian to do the work of God. It is not just for you. What God has given you, your gifts, your talents and abilities is not just for you. It is actually for other people. And he's equipped you with those things. Jesus says uh, in, the, in the Gospels, he says, greater things you will do also. That means heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out devils in Jesus' name. Okay, that's for every Christian. It's not just for the people who you see serving all the time. It is for every believer. So I want to ask you this. How many of you know your calling or know your specific talents gifts and abilities. Do you know your gifts? Raise your hands if you feel comfortable to say that you know your gifts. Awesome. This is amazing. This is so important because we need to know our gifts. We need to know our special talents and abilities because Pastor Jake has different ones than you do, and you have different ones than she does, and, and so on and so on. And yeah, we all kind of do a similar thing. You know, we can all worship and all this kind of stuff, but only you can lead worship the way you lead worship when you're leading worship. 
Only you can preach when you're up here preaching the way you can preach. Because Jesus gave everybody a little bit of a different gift, all for the glory of God. It is all for God's glory. Turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. We're going to look at a couple of scriptures today. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. It says this, As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. So if you, you may be thinking for a second, well, you know, Jacob, I don't have a gift, and I don't think I really have one. And, not, you know, it's a good word, great word, but I don't really have a gift. The Bible says differently, okay? The Bible says, as each one has received a gift, use it well to minister to one another, okay? Use it for one another. Use it for the person sitting next to you. Use it for your family. Use it for your workplace. Use it wherever you are. Use the gift God has given you because he wants to move in you and through you. He wants to save other people through you. He wants you to be a light. The Bible also says that we don't, you don't light a lamp or a candle and then cover it with a basket, do you? Who does that? Nobody does that. I used to do that. I'm going to be honest with you. I used to. I used to suppress my gift. You say, well, I don't know if I want to do that. No. Christ wants us to share our gifts with other people. Let your light shine, which is Christ in you, your gift, and let it shine so brightly that it will change circumstances around you that you never thought you could change. Family that you never thought would be saved again, it will change. They will get saved, and I'm believing that in Jesus' name. What do we see in Matthew chapter 28? We see this word go, this command. And I want to tell you today, now and today is not the time to shy away from your gift, to shy away from your calling. Now is not the time to say, well, somebody else can preach and somebody else can greet and somebody else will give financially and somebody else will buy that homeless man at Tim Morton's gift card or somebody else will do it. No, I'm sorry to tell you, but they might not. Because the reason why you feel that is because Christ, through the Holy Spirit, is saying, I want to go with you, with the anointing, and I want to share my love, Jesus' love, with this person, with my family, with my work, in my workplace. That's why you have that thought. I might not have that thought, but somebody else, one of you guys might have that thought. It's given to you for a reason, and God wants you to give it away to other people. Turn with me to Acts chapter 3, verses 1 to 6. Please and thank you. Is this making sense to somebody yet? Good. I'm going to read this, this uh, little story out. It's just six verses here. So I'm reading the New King James, but you can follow along in whatever translation you have. It says this, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, a certain man lame from his mother's womb, had was carried there, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask for alms, which is money, from those who entered the temple, who, when seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for some money or for some alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. So he... So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. This is what I want you to remember today. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. What do we see 
these disciples doing? They're giving something away. You know, as I was studying this and preparing for the, this message today, I was kind of thinking, well, why didn't they have any money on them? Like, I usually carry around some money with me, and, and most of us probably do. We're pretty blessed. I'm sure they'd have a couple, you know, coins or whatever it was to give him. And some commentary people who have studied the Bible a lot more than I have and have done history on it, they believe that they actually didn't have anything. The disciples gave it all away. As we see in Acts, they pooled all their resources together, and they birthed the church. So I truly believe that both Peter and John here didn't actually have any money on them. But I think they were happy that they didn't have any money on them. Because Christ gave them a gift, gave them a command, told them that he started a work and wanted them to continue that work. So they say, I have no money to give you, but what I do have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of Nazareth. Church, this is what we need to do. And I I mean church like this church, but church, like the church needs to give away Christ. Your gift was given to you not so that you could hold on to it, but that you could give it away. How many of you believe that the church doesn't need more hands-in-pocket Christians, so your gift is in your hand, okay? You don't, we don't need more hands-in-pocket Christians because Christ didn't walk around like this. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Healed in Jesus. Yeah, okay, yeah, good news. No, Jesus didn't do that. I don't believe that. Jesus probably walked around touching everybody, cleansing everybody, healing everybody, loving on everybody, walking and talking with every single person he saw. I guarantee you, and I, I can't wait to find this out, but I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, That when we go into heaven and we get to meet Jesus face to face, you can ask him, if I'm not there first, well, I don't want to go now, but if I'm not there first, in line to talk, (laughs) I want to ask him, did every person that came into contact with you change? Were their lives changed? Were their hearts changed? Were they healed physically in some way? I believe the answer is yes. That Jesus, even if he looked at you for one second, he, he didn't have to say anything to you. There's a there's hundred people around him. He's walking through a crowd. One look, one side glance out of the corner of his eye. I believe that that person would still be changed because we are called to give away. And how many of us want to be like Christ? Do you want to be like Christ? I want to be more like Christ. I want to give my gift away because my gift is not for me. You can ask Pastor Jake this. He's, um, he's walked with me through some, through some stuff. I used to believe, I work, a, I, I work a, a heavy equipment operating job, and I love my job. Very blessed, very fortunate. But I want to work in ministry someday. And um, I used to think, <laughs> this is so foolish of me, I'm just being honest with you, I used to think that I could not use my gift the way God intended for me to use it because I wasn't working at church. That's a pretty bad thought. I'm just being honest with you. That's a poor thought. It is a poor thought. That's a foolish way of living the Christian life. Now, thankfully, God has moved through me, and he, Pastor Jake has helped me with that and you know, exposed some different things, and I've had to pray and work through some stuff. Because how many of you know, both the people that we see in the Bible, the, the disciples and the apostles, they were busy enough as well. And I'm sure you are busy enough as well, too. And so am I. But that doesn't uh, allow us to just negate and say, well you know, I don't have time for my gift, and, you know, I already work 50 hours a week, and no, 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 no. Being a Christian comes first. Using your gift comes first. 
I should, now my mindset is when I go to, when I go, I almost said church, but when I go to work, I am going as a servant of the Lord, as a Christian, to shine my light as best as I can, and Lord help me because I need help, because I am not perfect. But I want to shine my light so brightly that people around me will say, what is going on? Why are you so happy? This just happened in your life. What's going on? I want to be like Christ. I want to give my gift away, and I want to encourage you, give your gift away. Like I said, the world doesn't need more hands-in-pocket Christians. It needs more open-handed and open-hearted Christians. And that is when we will start to see our communities, our families, our world, our neighborhood, wherever we are nationally, that's when we'll start to see an upside-down kingdom. That's when we'll start to see miracles, signs, and wonders because we are giving away our gift. We're not holding it inside of us. Amen? I'm already out of time by four seconds. Um, okay, let's just pick here. Okay, another scripture verse, uh, 1 Corinthians 3.16. I'm just going to read it right now. It says, do you not know that you are the temple of God and the spirit of God dwells within you? And I want to say that to you, Christian. Christian. Do you not know that you are a temple of God and that the Spirit of the Lord lives inside of you? Do you not know? I'm telling you, the Bible says that he literally dwells within you. And it's not for you. It is for others. Jesus came and died on the cross so that we may have life and life abundantly. He came to serve he came to give. He did not come to take anything, but he came with open hands and open heart for you, you as an individual, for me as an individual, for us as a church, for our world, for our nation, for our families, for those, who are, for those in our families who aren't saved, he came for them. And we as Christians, it is our duty, it is our call to continue the work that Christ has started. This is not something that we can opt out of. This is a call of duty for every believer here on earth. And this is not something that should be down or somber and, oh, my goodness, now I'm in the army of the Lord and in the call of duty, like, whew, I didn't really think about this. No, th there's joy that comes with this. But, but being in the army of the Lord is joyful and it's amazing and it's wonderful because he loves you. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever shall believe it in him will not perish, but have what? Everlasting life. Come on. He gave. So we also need to give. I want to end by doing two things. Two minutes over. Bless you guys. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 to 20. I'm going to read that one more time, and I'm going to add that last verse. In the New King James, it says this, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Verses 20, right here. Teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo and, lo and behold, I am with you always, even to the ends of the age. Amen. It's beautiful, isn't it?
And it's absolutely beautiful that Jesus commands us to do something, tells us to teach what we know, what we read from our word, what we get from our church, what we get from those around us, and give it to other people. And it might be tough, it might be difficult, but he says, lo and behold, that's old English, I am with you always, even unto the ends of the age. To the ends of the age, he is with us always. We can stand on this as Christians. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.